The following is a sermon podcast from White Ridge Baptist Church. Good morning. Welcome here this morning. My name is Doug Friesen. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm always so glad to be able for us to worship together. Uh, last Sunday, there was an announcement saying that we're at that place where we're hoping for people to linger longer before the service and after the service. And one of the ways that we encourage that is by having coffee together. We asked for some helpers, some volunteers for that. Over 20 people responded, which is amazing. That's really wonderful. So starting next week, we want to have that. So feel free to come earlier, stay later. And the main aim isn't really to drink the coffee. The main aim is to get to know one another. And so we're really looking forward to this season of more freedom just to be together. And if you're new and you're visiting us, please either take the uh, card in front of you. If you're here in person, you can take it in front of you and fill a welcome card. Or you can go to our app or the website and there's a welcome card you can fill in there and let us know of your time with us so that we can be in touch with you. But the main reason that we get together isn't even just to have friendship and to catch up with each other. It's to celebrate Jesus Christ in our life. It's to be able to say, the Lord is so wonderful. Let me tell you what he's done in my life this week. We need to think freshly of our relationship with the Lord. And I'm so glad that now we're getting close to Good Friday. And on Good Friday, we have a special service. Jesus chose the cross. Hallelujah. What a savior. What a wonderful opportunity to be thinking about people that you love and say, would you like to come to church with me? Or would you like to watch it online with me to learn about the beauty of our Savior and what he's done for you? Because he loves you too. And so Good Friday at 1030, please be here or join us online. And then on Easter Sunday, the theme is I have seen the Lord. Hallelujah. What a Savior. And that starts at 1030 as well. So what a special season of life. For us to be thinking, oh, it's spring outside, there's new joy in our heart. We should be people that are just bubbling over with the love of God, that we can't wait to tell each other about him and to tell our neighbors about him as well. Christ has died and risen again so that we could be free. And what a beautiful freedom we have in him. Uh, for the men in our church, I want to let you know of an opportunity to go through the Conquer series. It's going to start April 20th. As it says here, it's a 10-week video course to give an introduction to hope and freedom from sexual bondage through proven strategies and practical tools. It's a good course, but I never really promote curriculum as much as the people who lead it, and our leader's a really good leader. And so if this is something that you say, this would be helpful for me, really encourage you to set aside that time and starting April 20th, get together. Ramadan started yesterday, and it goes till May 1st. Um, our adult guides, the hard copies are gone, but if you'd like to go online, you can order a PDF for $5, and I just encourage you to add that to your devotional life. It's such a wonderful way to be thinking of our Muslim neighbors over this next month, and to just grow your heart for people who the Lord loves deeply, and so please get that for yourself. And I have nine guides like this that are designed more for youth and for children, and uh, if you're in the wave today, I'll bring that and give one to you if you'd like one. So please remind me of that. Love for you to have that so you can be praying over this next month. Uh, two more announcements. This coming Saturday, World Vision is having a praise and worship night to be praying for the Ukraine. It's happening at 7 o'clock at Bethel Community Church. It's also streaming online, and they're looking for you to register. It's free registration, but they just need to know. So uh, please uh, make use of that prayer opportunity. We had such an opportunity at our church this last Thursday, and I think it was very enriching for those who attended. And uh, right now, I just want to invite our Ukraine task force up. We've been praying as a church saying, you know what, as we go through these turbulent times, it would be good to have a group of people who are wisely discerning what our church needs to be made aware of how we can be best informed, how we can best pray, and how we can be best prepared to be of practical help to people, especially refugees who come back to Canada. Uh, right now, we were hoping to be playing for you the Ukrainian prayer, which is like a beautiful hymn. But because of streaming, we can't do that. There's uh, copyright things there. But after the service, when it's done, we're going to ask you just to stay. It's just a two-minute song, but it's so beautiful. And we're going to ask you to stay and just listen to those words and just hopefully that instills in your heart just how important it is to be praying for the Lord's will to be done there and around the world. So this is our team. Good morning. My name is Ruby Wilson, and uh, Val, Val Schellenberg is one of our team members, as well as Emmy Drewski and Leanne Henry. She was not able to be here. We all have a heart for Ukraine. 
and the news is, continues to be worse. Um, but the first few days of the war, I'm emotional because that's my, my family homeland. But I found the only way to break the bad news was with good news. And so I found um, various people to pray with and was praying on my own. And um, we are to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that is what our uh, group is called to be. These women are on the list to host refugee families and have a heart from their various experiences and um, who they are. Leanne Henry, uh, she is new to the church. She and her husband um, are potentially going to be hosting three boys from Ukraine. And um, they are children of military and they're fighting. The parents are um, in the war right now and the children are safe. But uh, should they need to come to Canada, Leanne will be um, with her husband, Garrett, will be looking after the children for a temporary um, time. We are looking to partner with Charleswood uh, Rotary Club. Uh, there is a fundraiser dinner on April 14th. The poster is on the bulletin board. Um, it is a fundraiser at $100 a ticket. And um, the Leanne spoke to me this morning, and the tickets are um, going very quickly. Um, but if you're interested, you can try and connect with Leanne or, or the office. Um, as Doug said, at the end, we will have the um, prayer for Ukraine. It is sung at the end of each um, service for Ukrainian Orthodox or Ukrainian Catholic churches. And, uh, but now it's being sung everywhere around the world. And even CBC played it, for CBC to play it. It was great. Um, we also, just to introduce us, we have a prayer tree, a tree actually decorated with ribbons. And in your bulletins, there are uh, the strips of paper, the gold or the blue. We ask that you share your prayers because the tree only becomes a prayer tree uh, with your prayers. So at the end of the service, if you would take time to uh, write a one or two sentence prayer, and um, add it to the box, which is out at the front near the tree, or tape it uh, onto the tree. And the supplies that you need uh, are on the tables as well. So you will hear from us um, this week. You'll see in the, uh, for next Sunday's bulletin, there will be an announcement for ways that you can help as well. I know every many people are praying. I know people are giving financially, um, but there are other ways, and we are going to discern the um, different opportunities and be sharing with them for you in the uh, weeks to come. So uh, I just want to say thank you to the team. We've met twice. It's wonderful working with them and, and having Doug's um, guidance and support as well. And we would just pray for, uh, or ask that you pray for us too, that we have wisdom um, and uh, do what we are called to do as well. And just want to encourage any of you, if you have a heart for newcomers to Canada or refugees, there are a number of people in our church that over the years have already been doing groundwork just to help us be prepared to love those people well. So please let us know. We hope that this task force is something that's going to just give us a really uh, stronger foundation for moving forward in the day, days ahead. There will always be people who are new to our country or coming as refugees, and we want to be able to love them as well as possible. So thank you. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will boast in the Lord. The humble will hear and be glad. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. Please stand and join us in worship.
my Savior. 
Therefore, I have two sump pumps in my basement. They work in tandem and their proper functioning every day is essential to keep our basement dry and our house healthy. These pumps working consistently and correctly is so important to the health of our house that one of them has a battery backup in case of a power outage and both of them have alarms to alert us if they stop working. Well, one of those pumps stopped working. The alarm sounded and we called the plumber. The plumber pulled the pump out of the sump well and showed us the problem. The hard water minerals had started collecting all over the pump and then it started to find its way into the pump and eventually so much gunk had collected inside the pump that the pump just seized and stopped working. That for me is a mental picture of what happens when we refuse to forgive. Stuff has a way of attaching to us. Not only does it attach to us, but it finds its way on the inside of us, corrupting us from the inside out. The opposite of forgiveness is bitterness. And bitterness just tears us up. It eats away at us from the inside out. And I know so many people who can't seem to figure out how to get rid of the bitterness. Well, the answer is forgiveness. And we all know this. We desperately need forgiveness from God. Our sin, our wrongdoing, often affects other people, and other people's sin often affects us in very real, negative, and hurtful ways. But the primary problem with our sin isn't that it hurts us or other people. The primary problem with our sin is that it's in the face of God. It's what makes sin, sin. My sin is always against God and often negatively affects other people. That's why David wrote in Psalm 54, against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Now, wait a minute. He had committed adultery with another man's wife and then tried to cover it up by having the husband killed. How could he say that his sin was against God? Wasn't it against that woman and her husband? Now, for the sake of explanation, I'd say it like this. David's sin was against God, his authority, his glory, his ways, and his best for our lives, and his actions very negatively affected others, and that's a huge understatement. My sin creates a relational problem between me and the God that made me. I desperately needed his forgiveness to restore that relationship. God has poured out his forgiveness into our lives. But there's an expectation that comes with that. The expectation is that as we receive God's forgiveness, that his forgiveness flows out of us and affects all of our other relationships. Bitterness and hatred, these things aren't helpful. And if you think about it for a moment, you start to realize that bitterness and hatred do more harm to us than the person that the bitterness is directed towards. If I'm bitter towards someone or choose to hate someone, I'm not really hurting them. By holding on to that stuff, I'm hurting me. That's why it's been said that bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. This week's Lent Experience Challenge is about recognizing how much forgiveness I've received from God and allowing that forgiveness to bring healing and allowing that forgiveness to affect how I think about and treat other people. Real forgiveness brings real freedom. As you use your participant journal to accomplish this week's challenge, I want to encourage you to take your time. 
You may not want to try to accomplish this whole challenge in one sitting. Maybe divide it up into a few sessions during the week. Read all of the scriptures. Use your journal to follow the exercise and write things down. Use the extra help if needed. This might be a breakthrough week for lots of us. I'm praying for that, and I'll see you next week for Palm Sunday. Good morning. Some of you are awake. It's the coffee next week, right? All right. My name is Randy Jaspers, and my wife Christy and I are your guests this morning. Thank you so much for welcoming us, uh, Pastor Terry and all the other pastors. Um, my role, if you want to call it that, why am I here? I work with the pastors and churches of the Manitoba Baptist Association, the 17 churches, of which yours is one of them, and the 32 churches of the North Central Association, which are in the states. 28 of those are in North Dakota. The other four are into the northern slice of South Dakota and one in southeast Montana. Those 49 churches together, I serve as a kind of pastor to pastors, working with church leadership and doing all kinds of different things. There's been a little thing that's been happening in the last couple years you may have heard about that's prevented me from coming north as often as I would like. And so I've been doing what all of you have been doing, and that is using, co using not using COVID, using Zoom and phone calls and all kinds of ways to connect was up in September, and I was amazed at how much building had happened in the year and a half since I'd been up in the Winnipeg area, and now, again, just continues to grow. I bring you greetings from Dr. Harry Kelm, our new executive director, who is uh, an American-Canadian, lives in Edmonton, and uh, he directs our Conference of Churches. Together, our two, our two groups of churches are known as the Northern Plains region. And some of us would think about, well, what's happened in the last cu a couple of years? Everything has been on hold. That is the farthest from the truth. There have been all kinds of things happening. Let me give you just a couple. In um, there are currently four churches, four churches in Manitoba and four churches in the NCA that are in transition. But during COVID, now not, these weren't all related to it, in fact, most of them weren't, uh, three churches in Morris and Seven Sisters and Minnetonas found lead pastors. God provided during that time. In the NCA, nine different pastors or lead pastors. And then there were a couple of staff in both associations. Also, two churches were planted, one in Mandan and one in Bismarck in North Dakota, and a major ministry, White Cross U.S., moved to Bismarck. There are things happening. God has been and is at work in our lives. I want to thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your involvement. Christy and I uh, live in Jamestown. If you're familiar at all with North Dakota, Fargo, 100 miles directly west on I-94. In other words, midway between Fargo and Bismarck. I served as a pastor for 34 years, and the last four-plus years have been serving in this role. Uh, thank you for welcoming us today. Thank you for sharing together. And ladies, uh, the weekend after Easter is the women's retreat at Elkhorn Ranch. So if you want to know more about that, um, check out some things. I want to bring up a couple of things. Oh, they're up here. Um, one is, uh, how many of you know these people? Just raise your hand. Okay, a good number of you. Jeff and Sonia served at the Bozizur Church a number of years ago, but God is doing an amazing work among a least-reached people on the northern border of Cameroon and into Nigeria. And it's a very large group of people. Jeff and Sonia are part of that ministry. And this particular note is on our NMB Conference website, but it invites us to be part of a spring mission offering in which there are some very tangible things of providing water as a way for the gospel to be shared. 
Um, and, and I point them out because um, they are a part of us. They are a part of you. The second slide is simply an, uh, where to go for more information on the NAB conference as a whole, 400 plus churches in the U.S. and Canada, and the Northern Plains region, which is the Manitoba and North Central associations together. I invite you uh, to visit those when you have an opportunity. Well, I'm up here this morning, and um, you may have uh, noticed this uh, backpack. It, it's my backpack, and I, I admit it's, it's getting a little heavy. Um, it, it didn't start out that way, but it seems like it seems like it just continues to get heavier. So you want to know what's in it. Well, stuff. Stuff we put in our backpacks. You have a backpack. Maybe. You put stuff in it. So you want to see my stuff. Well, I don't normally talk about it But if you don't tell anyone, you see there are, there are things that I collect in here. The fact of the matter is I collect them over the years. This one is, is pride. It's probably one of the biggest ones that I carry. Yeah, there's another large one. It's um, self-reliance, self-sufficiency. And yeah, there's another. Thinking only of myself. And then there are the words that I've used that I shouldn't have. There are thoughts that I have. There are issues perhaps with other people. There are, I don't know, just so many things. I, I usually keep them hidden pretty well. Or at least I think I do. Well, of course he knows. But I try not to think about that. But, but I do admit that it's been harder lately to move around. It just seems like they are getting heavier. I, I don't remember them being so large when I put them in there. Do you have anything that you're carrying around? Would you stand with me and read from God's word? I'm going to lead us, and if you would, join with me. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. 
For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Please be seated. Lord God, open our hearts anew to your word this day, that we might hear not just with our ears, but with our hearts, with our lives as well. In the name of Jesus, the one who gave his life, that we might find and have it for eternity. Amen. In your bulletin, in your folder, you have a bit of some notes. And I'm going to talk about some of these briefly as we go through the text today. But I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Today, it's become more of a participatory thing in the sense that we have been worshiping together I'll be sharing together, we've heard the video, and we will be sharing together as Doug leads us around the Lord's table. The emphasis of this psalm, one of the, I believe, seven penitential psalms that are a part of the 150 psalms, the emphasis as you read the psalm is that of, as I begin each point, the Lord. He is the one who is initiating each of these things. It is a psalm of forgiveness. It is also a psalm of thanksgiving because David has come to understand not just his own sin, but the one who undoes that sin. The Lord's forgiveness leads to our happiness. Now, the word blessed in verse 1 and verse 2 is a hard word to translate. It's not the typical word for blessed. You may have a version that says fortunate. I use the word happiness, but it, it really doesn't bring about the sense of the word either. And so this is kind of my attempt to say, no, it's not the same word. Um, that this word is used as well in Psalm 1, but it's probably more related to what Jesus does in the Sermon on the Mount when he shares the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for instance. Sometimes we understand that as, as it sometimes is fortunate, but it, it has to do with an inner contentment, an inner uh, happiness, I realize happiness is, is a feeling, but this is something that comes from God. The Lord forgives. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. I've listed the four different words there from those two verses. Paul, or not Paul. David uses four different words. There are others, but they're all related. 
transgression is is more like rebellion or disloyalty. Sin, you've heard this before from Pastor Terry, is missing the mark. Iniquity has to do with crooked things. Maybe you could say deviant things. And deceit is insincerity. It is cunning. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, who is, which is literally lifted up, whose sin is covered. Blessed, happy is the man against whom the Lord does not account his iniquity. It's tax time, right? The Lord is not an accountant who takes down our iniquities, but rather the scripture says he does not count them, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So here's where we are, verses 3 and 4, and I could have added another one, uh, calling it the Lord doesn't let us get away when I kept silent, when I continued to go around and think that no one saw the backpack on my back or that God doesn't see it or that I could live life without addressing that increasing weight, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. But I acknowledged, I came to know my sin <laughs> to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. Do you notice the contrast there between verse 5 and verse 1? The Bible says that when I try to cover my sin, first of all, it's, it's pointless, isn't it? God sees it. But when I refuse to cover it, God covers it instead. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you, you forgave. You lifted up, you took away the iniquity of my sin. That coming to understand our sin is a hard thing, coming to acknowledge it. Sometimes that takes years, doesn't it? Sometimes it takes another person to sit with us and listen with us. Someone that we begin to trust and share, and they begin, if, if it's become unseeable to us, to point that out. We're going to be sharing around the Lord's table in a few moments. It is not just a relationship. It begins with a relationship between us and the Lord. But the implication, especially as Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11, is that as we share in the Lord's table, it is not only the Lord we remember, but it is each other. Forgiveness. The person in the video talked about the gunk in his sump pump. Sometimes that takes a while to begin to understand, to begin to literally to know, to acknowledge. And then say, I, I'm not going to cover it any longer. And then to, in fact, confess it openly. 
couple of weeks ago, Pastor Terry led you in and your Lenten experience on repentance. And that's part of that, isn't it? But as we acknowledge, as we say, I will no longer cover, as we say, I will confess, you forgave, you lifted up the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me. You encircle me with shouts of deliverance. I want to comment about that word godly. That is a problem, isn't it? Because we aren't godly. <laughs> the, the word probably means more God-directed or devout. In other words, it's a person who acknowledges not that they are godly, but that he is, and so it's a direction toward him. And so let everyone who will direct their lives, their hearts, their words toward God pray to him. Pray to him. And surely... In the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. You are my hiding place. You preserve me. That doesn't mean that we don't face these things, but in those things, God is there. And you surround me, David says, with shouts of deliverance. Verse 8 and 9 talk about the experience of David. It, it's almost like David is now taking God's words and sharing them with others. I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. God has said this first to David. He has experienced it. He understands it. And now that is what he's sharing with others. Don't be like the horse or the mule without understanding which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. The Lord is both hiding place and guide. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Once again, it's in the Lord we trust, and specifically, as David writes, in his steadfast love, not in our obedience, but in the love that he has for all those who will turn to him. He will hold us fast. Be glad, David writes. He's calling on the entire group to, to, to be glad, to rejoice in the Lord, rejoice O righteous, shout for joy, all you upright in heart. A prayer, a psalm, a forgiveness. David writes of the freedom that he experiences as he no longer tries to hide, tries to live without God or without addressing that which is hindering their relationship. And as he does, he comes to understand that wonderful freedom that comes with forgiveness. You have some wonderful guidelines this week in your Lenten experience. I invite you to use those. But I want to invite you as well to consider a couple of them that I have listed at the bottom of your listening guide. Find another person and talk about with them, discuss with them Yes, the Lord is both hiding place and guide. In the Lord we trust. In the Lord we rejoice. You've got some quotes there from 
um, uh, in your listening guide from an old Baptist preacher named William Graham Scroggie, and you can ponder those. As I mentioned, freedom received is forgiveness given. I'll talk about that in a moment, but I want to draw your attention to the very bottom. Find another person and talk about with them. You don't have to talk about what sin it is, but talk about them, with them, your experience when you've tried to ignore, when you've tried to hide that which is wrong in your life. And then secondly, take a look at the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts, our trespasses, Luke has the word sins as we forgive those who those who've hurt us. Take some time. Take a look at Colossians 3 where Paul talks about there about what it means to live um, uh, as those above, living out of the identity of, of being his chosen, his holy, his beloved ones. He talks about bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And that brings us around to the person on our video, doesn't it? When we confess... When we begin to experience the forgiveness of God, we begin to know as well that that impacts relationships, does it not? That's the hard part, isn't it? That's where we need others beside us. That's where we need to remember the table. That's where we, remem we need to remember Jesus' broken body and his blood paid for our sin. We need to remember the cross, don't we? We need to hear again Paul's words that when we partake, we do so not just recognizing the body, the body of, of our Lord, but also the body. Because that's what Paul is saying. We recognize the body. Forgiveness received is forgiveness given. Lord God, hear our hearts. Reveal if we've not acknowledged the things, the gunk in our lives. The things that clog up, that get in the way of the life you desire us to experience. That we might say with David, blessed is the one. Holy Spirit of God, thank you that the forgiveness we receive in Christ is also that which you work in us to begin to share, to give to those we need to forgive. Oh God, I pray for this nation. I pray for them even as a couple of days ago as representatives met with the Pope in Rome that there's a beginning of an acknowledgement of sin 
of wrong committed. And, O oh God, that you would bring about the healing, that you would bring about a blessedness in the lives of many. O oh God, as we share, we pray for ourselves. Thanking you in Jesus' name. Please join with me in prayer. And again, I'm going to encourage you after the service to stay a little bit longer to hear a beautiful prayer of the Ukraine. Father, thank you so much for who you are and for the life that you offer us in you. And thank you, Lord, that we have the great privilege of when being sinned against, we can extend forgiveness just like you've forgiven us. Lord, help us to think throughout the day the ways that we can have life in you in such a way that it extends to others so that they might know that you exist. May it be through our grace, our mercy, our forgiveness, our truth-telling, our justice, whatever it is, Lord, may you exude from us, your people. We thank you so much for the life that we have in Christ by the grace of your Holy Spirit. We vastly underestimate what you have done. Increase our gratitude to you, Father. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated.